Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! Oh, what's up, Devil Nation? I'm trying to think, guys, which uh, which sounder to put in for right now. I, I was thinking this one. Oh, no. Well, we're boned. That's or, not bad. Or, or just this one. <laughs> Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't know if we're there yet, but I'm feeling no. in between we're, both of those. I don't know. I, I, or just like kind of what, you know, I'm thinking in my head. Oh, I try to act cool, but inside I'm freaking out. Not, oh, not happy with the way this cool. team is playing right now. Yeah. But it's yeah. we're the Uncle Puckers. Uh, I'm Chris with Tony and Dan. Tonight we got a guest. Uh, Jersey Joe is joining Hello, us. Hello, everybody. What, Jersey- what's up, Pucker Nation? No, thank you, Joe. Now, now you write for Pucks and Pitchforks. You're also the USHL NCAA Regional Scout for Draft Prospects Hockey. That sounds yes, pretty that is cool. correct. Um, matter of fact, I was uh, getting an email uh, from Daniel Stewart from Draft Prospects Hockey over the summer, and I really wanted to, you know, like I always had people whether it was on uh, Locked On Devils and they would see me talk about the NHL draft and everyone before would say, why aren't you a scout? I said, well, I got to find the right place and I got to make sure it's the right time. I said, well, here it is. So, All right, Joe. So give us a little background. When did you become a Devil fan? What was like maybe the team or the play or whatever that kind of got you to fall in love with this team? Well, first off, my mom is a New Jersey native. A lot of my family really moved in. To New Jersey in 1664 and 1653 when it was the Devils United. were not here yet at that time, <laughs> right? <laughs> this predates New Jersey, so right, but just a little bit. But my but my mom's side moved to New Jersey in 1664 and a little after, yeah. so they get farmland in Middlesex County. So my mom's mother has been in New Jersey on the last homestead in uh, North Brunswick and wow. Middlesex County, so. My mom, even though I was born in Massachusetts, Western Mass, I always had, you know, been rooted and brought up a New Jerseyan uh, by proxy from her. Right. So my mom told me one time, I was pregnant for you at a Devils game in the 88-89 season at the old Meadowlands. I said, are you sure? And I just never, you know, living in Western Mass, I never really liked Boston. I never really liked New York City. I always grew up visiting New Jersey, and I always loved New Jersey. And in 2005, I finally moved out of that Bay State. And uh, one of the first players that I knew right off the bat, um, of course, was Mark Hamburger. But me being Lithuanian-American on my dad's side, on Mm -hmm. his father's side, 
was Dinus Zubris, and he was my right. true fixation. Um, yes, I did like Jamie Langenbrunner, and yes, I did like uh, Jay Pandolfo, um, sure. because he was from Mass. Uh, Bill Garon was also from Massachusetts. So this was before a lot of the New Jersey guys Bill uh, Garen, is that what you're made a name for themselves. So gotcha. there's a little bit of a connection. Okay, right. so but like, so what do you like? What was your first memory of, of the New Jersey Devils, like the team itself? What's it like? You're like, all right, I'm gonna this, this is my team, regardless you mean, of like where a you certain lived or game whatever. or something like what, that. What was or it? Play my, so for me, it was uh, being able to watch guys like Berdur on TV from the old Meadowlands the last few seasons. So right. I didn't get to see the glory years of it, but right. I got to see the remaining pieces. But what stood out to me most was in person um, in the first season at uh, Prudential Center, 2007-2008. So I also grew up a Giants football fan in Western Mass my on my father's side. And this Ooh. is when the Giants won Super Bowl forty two over the right. Patriots. I yep. hate the Patriots. I do not like anything New England. Okay. Right. And yeah. I'm rooted with upstate New York. And not New even New the clam chowder, Joe. No, no, that's the only thing I like about doing okay. the clam How chowder. How old are you, Joe? Okay. All right. So I'm going to be 35 in February. Okay. So, um, it, you know, you in, know in utero in 89. I was doing the math. So, yeah. Um, if you know, uh, what is it? The Winnipeg Jets have a prospect uh, from Russia who has the same birthday as I, but that guy's 10 years younger. And then Owen Tippett of the Flyers shares my birthday, and he's younger than me. Right. So I'm February 16th, so I'm almost a Pisces. Yeah. So, oh, so I'm not sure if you know this, but when the Giants won Super Bowl 42, my first game, NHL game, happened to be when the Devils were playing a Crosby-less Pittsburgh Penguins team, and the Devils won in overtime. Okay. okay. And so I sat yeah. up around like 228, and then I was like, I love this place. Yeah. I want I want to come here more yeah. often. That's so cool. I would live That's in awesome. South Orange. So you're you're one of those um, people that you you weren't around for the golden years, the cups, and all that kind of you know catch on a little bit afterwards. They're still they still were pieces. a pretty good team, yeah. At that point. But you never saw them raise the cup, and now right. you're you know. So this has got to be a very exciting time for you to see. Yeah, because he's seen them like go into the dark ages. Yes, you know, and they from a really you know competitive team to like the worst team in the league for a couple of years. And well, now you're was, coming out the other side, right? Well, I was also um, going to the 2011-2012 season games a ton when they used uh-huh. to have the $11 ticket line because it would be $10 and then there would be the $1 fee they used to charge when Vanderbeek was the owner. Right. So my friends and I, we would go from South Orange and we would go into Newark early. My mom's like, why are you going to Newark early? You're going to get shot or whatever. I said, right. Mom, we're going early <laughs> before the Devils game. We're going to get tickets right on the spot, and we know where we're going. It's just, just, just make sure you do the right thing and be safe. So yeah. my mom's like one of those uh, Middlesex County girls, like, sure, don't do anything stupid. Newark doesn't have a good reputation. You know, we all know. It's gotten better. It, the uh, area right around the stadium is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten a lot better. It's a pretty small though, area. Yeah, it's a pretty small area. You don't want to get lost. 
So, all right. So, guys, we have the Winnipeg Jets tonight at 8 p.m. Um, if you guys want to see the uh, Kiza game, check out the YouTube channel. Dig a little video up there about what the Devils need to do. But there was some action that happened after that was recorded. So, um, Jack is apparently on this road trip. We're meeting the team in Pittsburgh on Thursday. At least that's, that's huge what... news. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I can't wait for him to be back. Uh, oh my god so it looks like maybe a little bit sooner than later we still have no news on nico like i said on the last show i think this is a lot more serious than anybody's land i'm just so confused with it because i was listening to fitzgerald and he made it sound like nico's ready to come back when he feels it like he was closer and i did hear early on with jack that maybe before by the ranger game he'll be back and then like a week later we're thinking nah we're not going to see him in in November, most likely. Yeah, that, uh, that's like originally they had said you weren't going to see until December. Right. But I just think Jack is willing himself to get back on this on the ice to to help right. his team out. I mean, he is that guy, so that's awesome. Also, Colin Miller made the trip. I don't know if he is in the lineup today, but Lindy finally it well look it was done in practice. Who knows if it's going to be at, at the sure. start of the game? But defensive pairings have changed, guys. Okay, at least that's in good. practice, it looks like we have. Um, was it Hughes playing with uh, Marino, right? Yeah, or no, Hughes was, playing with Hamilton. They is that is that – Tony, you got the line? No, but I know it, the, that line is they, they're separated, uh, him and uh, Smith finally, and I believe it is Hamilton. Hamilton what do we got? Siegenthaler with who? Marino. Okay. I, or I, I believe – I like that pairing. I got to check out uh, – Amanda Stein put it up. I got to see what she uh, – has on here because i know she put it up yesterday of just what the practices were um so let me just check i don't know if the pairing change alone will help the team defense problem but anything uh, you know to shake that up is a good move uh especially john marino can't play his game something's wrong we had siegenthaler marino hughes hamilton ball and smith and then um wilman and miller were i guess uh the uh, the fourth pairing of, of just extras. Mm-hmm. Um, the lines uh, for practice, this was yesterday, was uh, McLeod. He was centering Meyer and Bratt. Mercer was centering Toffoli and Holtz. Halla is centering Palat and Lazar. And Tierney was centering Thomas Nosek and Nate Bastion. So, I'm I mean, surprised to hear like Ball and Smith, and then I'm thinking Ball will be the uh, more steady guy. I wouldn't have thought that going into the season. And Holtz you know that, is, what, second line, right, on that? About time. Yeah. Holtz, Holtz got moved up line. to the second line. Yeah. Bobby's going to be happy to hear that, too. Yes. Now, uh, Joe, what do you think of how uh, Alexander Holtz has been handled this season? Well, I mean, he's been mishandled, in my honest belief, where, he, to me, like, he belongs on the second line, third line, and he needs to be given – at least 15 minutes of ice time. Nothing short of that. If if he's being played like nine minutes and under 15, you might as well move on from him. Or you should fire Lindy Ruff. I, I can't... I usually don't like bringing up firing a coach. But from a scouting perspective, you need to have a guy that respects a young, lethal shooter who's developing his game at the highest level of hockey. He's already proven he's a phenomenal goal scorer at the AHL. 
He's done with the AHL. You think that, that Lindy yeah, doesn't have it's, respect it's, for about the NHL. He needs right. to play at the NHL level at the top two pair. So, Joe, if we hear someone to. chanting in the stands, fire Lindy, it's going to be you, isn't it? You're starting this cheer off. Me? I started doing it last year. Oh, oh boy. boy. That was it. Oh, found no. There's a madness to it. You have to Oh, hold, God, no. You have to hold – management accountable yeah but i mean look i i had said going coming out of the 21 season i was i didn't want lindy to back i just felt that he was not the right guy but then watching the first two games of course last season which were complete and total shit shows with andrew brunette just waiting in the wings right, right? And, right. and that's it and then we had bruno just waiting there like okay he's and then the he's air like, this is how it's going to go. But I did not like – I completely – and I said this on the show. I completely agreed where, where Devil fans were coming from. I understood where they were coming from with the Fire Lindy chant. I just thought two games. Mm. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if this week ends up bad and there are some Fire Lindy chants on Saturday against the Rangers. Yeah, with two big names out, you know, the biggest of names out uh, on this team, it's going to be hard to justify – Pull that chant right now. But the truth is, you know, he's got a lot to answer for. We don't understand why it's taken this long to mix up the defensive pairings. Uh, it's amazing that we've gotten so little out of so many great players to the point where we got to blame coaching right now. I totally get it. Right. Well, in the art of war, if it's the orders are not made clear to the subordinates, then it's the fault of the general. Right. However, if it's the reverse. It's the fault of the soldier. So what I'm going at is, it's not just rough. It's also Ryan McGill when it comes to defense. And I agree. I think that that has been the bigger weakness of their game. They've been scoring goals, you know. And right. uh, even with Jack out of the lineup, they did manage to put up a couple of goals. They, they only scored two last game. But can you maybe once in a while win a 2-1 game? No, this team cannot because it's given up three, four goals a game. To me, like, I look at McGill on the bench, and he doesn't look as engaged as he did last year chatting with Burnett and chatting with Ruff. It looked more like a cooperative on the bench. Like, Ruff didn't look like he had to do all the decision-making. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on between uh, Ruff and, and McGill, I don't know if the messaging behind Ruff is getting stale, but I'm sure he's going to make some pretty good croutons in that salad uh, if the message is getting even more stale and stale. <laughs> gotcha. Ah, okay. okay, yes. All right, yeah, it took a sec. But, uh, I, 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 again, last year I thought that, you know, we, we wondered uh, how much of this is – Brunette, how much of this is rough? You know, who's really the one kind of pulling the strings? Is Brunette? You know, this team took off with a fucking rocket attached to the, you know, up their ass. So yeah, it was like really translating was like, Lindy better than right. Lindy did and then himself. now you have Travis Green, but on the same time, Travis Green's brought in as the assistant coach to or associate coach to work on the power play. You can't ask for anything more as far as our special teams has got power play, not our penalty kill. It is all a, it's a team defense problem. And, you know, we keep on hammering it home. It's a team defense problem. But at the same time, we know, at least I don't believe that this is a personnel problem. I believe that this is most definitely a, a management problem. Let's yeah. just say System it's however, 
whatever this system is supposed to be, mm-hmm. it's how it's conveyed, how it's, uh, you know, these, the, these guys aren't buying into it for there's whatever too many reason. guys who are not performing. So, you know, yeah. there's one, two, three, you look at the, those guys, but it's virtually everybody. You know, I go back to, to, you know, of course, I always go back to football for a comparison. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is my second favorite sport. And I'll go back. Like, you know, we lost Jack and Nico. We lost our two main guys, our heart and our soul of this team. And that is now a time that the team needs to rally together and say, all right, guys, we don't have them. We can't depend on them. They're not coming back. We still have at that time, whatever, 72, 73 games left to play. And, you know, if they're going to be gone for 10 or 12 games, we have to keep our head above water. And they didn't. They came out flat. You know, as like I said about football, you know, I'm a Viking fan. We lost the best wide receiver in the game. We lost our quarterback. You know, things look bleak. What did the team do? They rallied around the coaching staff. They rallied around each other. They pulled off five in a row. Guys stepped up and busted their ass for the guy next to them. And the Devils right now don't do that. But I'm not blaming the team at this moment. I'm blaming Lindy Rupp and the coaching staff because how do you expect to have any continuity and how do you expect to have any chemistry when you're giving guys, you know, 30 seconds a night to work together? I just, I don't believe in that concept. I'm a firm believer that you put three of our top guys on the, you know, six of our top guys on two lines and I don't give a shit in what order, give them enough time. They're going to create some offense. This is a damn good team on paper, even without Nico and Jack. It, they should be performing at a better level. And and I'm gonna look, I'm gonna tell you some numbers straight off of Money Puck. So if you just look at the Devils' defensive pairs, if you look at the best and then the worst. So if you look at the top five when it comes to expected goals against per sixty, it's the it's the Hamilton Marie Marino pairing with zero point five nine. Meanwhile, they score 2.36 goals for per 60. So that's a healthy ratio there. I would keep that intact. Um, Hughes and Hamilton, um, 5.44 goals expect, I mean, expected four. Mm-hmm. And then they only surrender under two goals at 1.81. Uh, Ball and Marino, I'm glad they kind of changed it up because the ratio is a little bit off because. That they were scoring 2.04 and then they gave up 2.26. And then you go down below with Hughes and Brendan Smith. I do not like Brendan Smith whatsoever. I love Luke Hughes, don't get me wrong. But that pairing off kilter, I'm glad they changed it because it was 1.66 and 2.52. And then you put Ball with Smith. Ball underperforms with Brendan Smith. There's a trend there. Yes, it is. And it's a 1.8 expected goals for per 60 versus a 2.52 surrendering goals. That's two and a half goals surrendered. And then if you look at Siegenthaler and Hamilton, they they balance each other out properly. 3.48 goals for, they only surrender 2.56 goals per 60. Then you take Hughes and Marino, 3.19 versus 2.66. And then you put the least healthiest. It's Siegenthaler and Smith. 1.74 versus 4.64 given yeah, up good. per 60. And you know what's funny is when you read those off, if you asked me to put the worst pairing together in my mind, I would have nailed it. 
because I'm, that's just without the numbers in front of me. That's what I see. I see yeah. Siegenthaler as iffy and Smith as poison. You put them together, you got the worst combo. And, and that's <laughs> yes. what I, I don't like. That's what's hurting this team. Um, Personnel-wise, uh, we said, oh, it's not uh, you know, all personnel, except for the position of, of Brendan Smith. He's just, just totally underperformed. Uh, even when a team's not really quite sure of their job. I don't know what it takes to make him play better, but that's something I, I know we have limited options. It's good to hear Miller's on a trip. I would yeah, love right. to see him in for Smith anytime soon. That would be awesome. Just Can someone say out. it's Miller time? Yeah, oh. exactly. Crack a can open, it's Miller. Now, right. Tone, we well, have I, a, well, ahead, I will Joe. say this. I would much rather bring up Daniel Mesuel rather than having Colin Miller. At this time, I'd I rather... don't agree with that. Only because I, I just you, that veteran leadership. I know he didn't look good in preseason, and I know that Ruff didn't trust him to open up on game one. But I just think that the intangible he brings a veteran uh, that knows what he's doing back there. I think he can only help this team right now. I really do. I know he had a, a rough preseason, but I'm but he's I looking good now. So we'll we'll hopefully you know we'll see how that goes. But I want to see Miller in this lineup. We brought we traded for him. We gave something up for him. I want to see him in the lineup. But, I would much rather Miller than Brendan Smith any day. I, yes, I, I agree. like Miller as a veteran defenseman. Not only can he defend properly and play physical, but he, when he can shoot, he has one heck of a slap shot. Well, you know, I thought that Brendan Smith in the Washington game, he started laying the body a lot in late in that third period. And I thought, okay, if the, you're going to start bringing this part of your game and I can live with your stupid mistakes and your dumb penalties if you're going to play a physical aspect. But, I mean, the guy's been with the team for, you know, a year and a half and we've only seen that in one game. But no. I, I want to ask Tone because, you know, we haven't you haven't been on in a, a few shows, Tone. What do you – thinking about Lindy Ruff right now. I know you're a big fan of him, and I know you probably don't agree with what we're saying. Yeah, but I'm I, I, I agree with some at. of it. I think it's actually mixed. I don't think it's all I don't think it's all Lindy Ruff at all, but I also think it's, it's all partial. his fault, Tony. It's all his fault. It's all his I, fault. But I think it's definitely you know, there's a little bit of problems there. I think just I don't know, for some reason without Jack in the Middle East, we just uh, it's like a poison. We just cannot there's a lot of guys like we said are underachieving so now I'm starting to hear off. You guys heard this new rumor that the key does a door off from Calgary going yes. to Jersey. That's the that's been the the talk I've heard for the last two days. You know, defenseman, physical guy. But I think I brought this up to Chris when we were talking yesterday off the off the show. I've been saying the same thing for like a year and a half. One big problem I think with this team is is definitely toughness. Um, I think it affects us. When our injuries are going to pile up, and I guarantee you, when use comes back, they're going to go after him again. Um, you know, and I, I I don't really blame the goaltending the last few games. You know, hasn't been great, but uh, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, it's weird. Like, I think we were saying, like, we know we overachieved a little bit last year, right? Our, we had a hell of a season. The points were really high. But, Chris, I think it was you that said if this season would have happened last year, it would have yeah. made more sense than this year. Our seasons are flipped. We should flipped, be doing yeah. last year. We should be having that season now. But, look. I also think that as much as we can sit here and say all the negatives and how this team just hasn't been playing up to its potential right now, I don't think any of us would be shocked if these guys just go and rattle off a fucking 10 game win streak. Would you? Exactly. I know I wouldn't. They're, they're due. I mean, you know, they're, they're, I, they're overdue. Yeah. And, and it's going to be tough now catching the Rangers. They're playing some great hockey. Um, to, playing to anyone who's a Ranger fan, 
saying, oh, we're going to win a cup now. It's, it's too early a season. How many teams early on in the season have ever won the cup? Very few. Well, I mean, I, I, if I'm a Ranger fan, I'm looking at this team right now, and I'm maybe not saying that we're going to win a cup, but I'm saying the type of style we're playing, the goaltending that we're getting, the scoring that we're getting, this yeah. is how you win it's Stanley the opposite. Cups. They're not blaming their coach. They're going, Lavalette is the best thing that has they're happened. buying in. Absolutely. And I'm seeing that his system is working. The personnel hasn't changed much. It's, it's that system. That level and with that goaltending you know, they have, if you get that system working, it's dangerous. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it, that it, I mean, it right gives now, Sturkin a chance to be himself. And you know, I was looking at last week at an article about, oh, we need league average goaltending, we'll be fine. I called nonsense on that. I don't agree with that. Hmm. Um, league average goaltending is not going to save this team. Uh, you above know, and even average a great, will. Uh, it would have to be uh, way above average, and it would have to be at a high. Right now, we're going to have way too many quality chances. Um, I know there's metrics for like you know, how many uh, top-tier chances we're given. And if we look into that, I expect to see we're giving up not only just way too many chances, way too many goals, way too many scoring opportunities that a league average goalie is not going to help much with. And I don't think our goalies are are really the main number one problem. I wouldn't mind better goaltending. But, like, you know, we saw it last year. Sturkin couldn't stop the Devils. uh, And he's uh, arguably the best goalie in the league. I just – I know that tonight – Against Winnipeg, I'm going to have in the back of my head the what could have been watching Connor Hollebuck, you know, playing probably really good. And I wanted him. I think a lot of Devil fans He has not him. had a great year um, so far, though. I, I know. He hasn't had a great year. But Winnipeg is still their third in their in their central. They're playing good. I think mm-hmm. we I think they're only one point above us, but it's a bit of a weaker division. We're right now fourth. I mean, we got the freaking Capitals ahead of us. The Washington effing Capitals are ahead of right. the Devils. Now, I get it. It's, you know, we have, what, 68 games left, 69 games left to play. Standings don't mean shit. Right. But that, just to see that, it's like, man, we were we were in the top two or three, or top two, rather, from this point until the end of the season last year. Right, and, um, and we hit that 13-game win. Yeah. They could really use one of them now. And goaltending-wise, right. is a cool, I mean, I think Schmidt is not ready yet to be, so he's not. I, I will tell you this, I, the last time he's out, he, you really can't no. even like pin that one on him. The time before that is one of two games I, I can think of so far him. where the goaltending was really think, the issue in the game. But I, I think, think with Vanacek and Schmidt, I don't, with that combo, I don't, you know, I, and I was all for it, like, you know, before the, when during the offseason, I felt pretty confident in it. But now that I watch it, I don't, I don't know if you can win a championship with these two goalies. I mean, I'll just be honest, you I, know. I, I I have a hard time grasping onto Vtech. He's 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 Jekyll and he's Hyde, and he's either on or he's off. And some days he looks like a Vesna goalie. Some days he looks like he's way below average. But I rather much get a goaltender like Carol Vemelka. Honestly, like he's one of those goalies I've been tracking over a year now and I much rather get him because the way he does it for a team like the Coyotes last year, he was stealing games left and right that technically Arizona should have won the draft lottery. And that says a lot to me because you, you have like last year, the Devils had one of the best defenses with Graves and Severson there, but the Devils do need to go in big for Zadorov. I 
I would be happy if they packaged a roster player and did a sign and trade for him. Mm-hmm. Because okay, what roster you, you player? You can't be soft. What roster player? Roster player. As much as I love Kevin Ball, he might be going the other way. Or, That's a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. I That's a big. But mistake. I'm just saying that would be on Fitzgerald's part, not my, not my idea. I, I think I think you. I have would enough. much. Ahead, I would I'm much sorry. rather anyone else, but you would have to throw in someone like a Topias Vlen instead. I don't think that Fitzgerald is going to move ball. His upside, his ceiling is too great. Um, right, he that's, has the potential. That's my biggest years. fear. So I, I think, I mean, if it's going to be a guy on this roster right now, I think it's kind of obvious that it would probably be Alex Holtz. Um, Alex Holtz would be in that package, and my fear is he pull, he pull, he pulls off a Philip Forsberg. I, I'm fine with that. Again, I mean, if the, if he's going to go to Winnipeg and have a great career there and mm, help him you mean help Calgary? them win games. What was that? Oh, Calgary. No, I'm Calgary. sorry. I was, I was like, hold a second. Yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah. you're, because you're then thinking of Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking Connor Hellebuck. You're right, Calgary. Um, I was like, if, if he was to go to Calgary and have a great year, a great career, and be, I'm fine with that. Good for him. As long as it makes the Devils better. Um, makes it know, easier that it's a West Coast team. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. But, I mean, we also have enough depth in our pipeline, which I'm sure you know a lot more about than, than I do. But, um that we can make a really nice package for a team that is struggling right now. They're looking to rebuild. They're looking to dump some of their bigger we're, contracts, which especially is why it's healthy. We're available. finding a hard time to get our centers in like mm-hmm. center wise. We are overflowing. Right. And in over a year after this season in, in over a year from that, you got Arseny Grizzia coming over from the KHL and his agent yeah. made it known that he did sign a two year extension uh, in the KHL, and you know what? He's a much better skater and better overall shooter than Alexander Holtz is. I I was I was on the I was on the fringe between Holtz and Raymond and Perfetti. I liked Raymond more than Holtz, and then I liked Perfetti more than Holtz. Holtz was my C plan when it came to the that draft. So. Mm-hmm. But me, I was floored when they got um, Dawson Mercer because I didn't expect him to go that far down to the Devils. Yeah. And then um, the Muhammad Doolin pick, um, I I was a bit shocked, but knowing that the Devils always had really good coverage in the country of Russia and that region d- didn't surprise, didn't completely surprise me. But I did drop my jaw. But, gotcha. but packaging the Muhammadulin for Timo Meyer oh, and yeah. Ahotyuk, actually, there's a trade tree that goes all the way back to the Timo Meyer deal. Back to 1989 when the Devils got uh, Bill Garon. So there's a huge uh, limb from that tree that still keeps growing to this day. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, if if Tom Fitzgerald pulls the trigger on any trades this early in the season, but it does look like defensively we are, uh, you know, maybe having to make another move. But I also think we have guys, you know, why not let Simone Nemich come up and give him a shot? Let's see. He's he he's my he's my favorite right-handed defenseman in all. And of that's hockey. the other thing, being a right-handed defenseman. I, I mean, I think we got to bring him up. 
The uh, biggest problem I hear about with Demets is, and I've heard it from a couple of different people, is that you know his defense is just not there yet. There's like, you, even with Utica, yeah. there's just there's definitely a lot of things missing still. They're still working on shit with him. That's why they don't want to bring him up. I hear because that's his and I get that balls. right. Yeah, it's a I tough totally team right it. now because we have a whole team defense problem. You would really love to work him in when everything's going right, and he's just got to worry about yeah. his game and not trying to. You know, it, let's face it, like the forwards are not coming back to help, and that makes the defenseman look bad. How we're playing right now, I think it could be a, a def, def, detrimental to his development to have him on this team right now. The way we're playing right yeah. now, I do think, but I would, I cannot wait to see him play up here. Yeah. Um, it, but, yeah, they got to figure their own shit out before they start bringing in a developmental guy. Mm-hmm. I, I will I will tell you guys this from his draft year. If you look back at Nemeche's career, he was an under 16 guy going in to the Slovak professional league. Right. And he played on two teams and he eventually made it from his hometown team uh, near the Polish border in Slovakia, made it over to Nitra, which is close to the mainland in Slovakia near Hungary. Okay. With Nitra. So he played a couple more years. He racked up a ton of assists, but not a lot of goals, but he developed his offensive game and his elite level passing and shooting. And then eventually the Slovak national team goes, we're going to Beijing. We need you in the Ivan Hlinka Gretzky uh, tournament team needs you. So he got a crap ton of international ice experience. But the downside was that he didn't get enough North American ice experience, especially when, the COVID year happened where things could have been in North America, but instead, you know, things kind of, you know, were held off for a little bit on right. the back burner. They had to cancel word juniors. So anyways, it, I said to my buddy, Trey Matthews on the lockdown devils podcast, I said, Nemec does not need to stay in Europe any longer in Slovakia. He needs to come to North America to improve not just his offensive game at the AHL level, he needs to improve his defensive awareness game at the AHL level. So that way, when he does get summoned up, he can answer the bell at a moment's notice. And it, it's not going to take him long. No. Whether it's a quarter of the season AHL or half a season AHL, it's only a matter of time when he gets called up. Not mm-hmm. if. And what do you think, Tone? You want to see Nemec up? Uh, you know, I would like to see him up, but I think you guys made a good point. Um, like I said, I have heard that he's got still a lot of some issues with his defense and with the team, the state we're in right now. I just might not be a good, it might not be good to have him up there right now. Uh, I do. I, we were saying, I think, what when the season started, that we definitely think he'll be up this year at some yeah. time. It's just, you know, I, I, I did. I just heard it today. Actually, they said there was they were still working on stuff with him down there. So. You know, I don't know. I mean, I knew we were going to have some defensive problems this year, but this is a little bit worse than I thought it would be. Sure. Um, you know, I thought they'd have it figured out by now. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I think we all kind of knew with the absence of Severson and Graves, you know, what's going to be, what's it going to be like? You're bringing in, you know, Ball, who's very young, Luke Hughes. Yeah, you know, I was worried about young. Ball. I was worried about Hughes yeah. defensively. Look where they are, though. They're not your bottom two defensemen. And Yeah, they're not I the problem. Not see, I did not see, and I did not see, you know, Honestly, I would have thought our most steady guy would continue to be Marino. I and, thought Siegenthaler was going to have a better year. Not. I know I said that. I mean, Absolutely. You know. Siegenthaler. And then Smith, I expected 
to get a steady, experienced hand who's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Got just the opposite. And Marino definitely has got to pick his game up, and it starts yeah. tonight. I mean, you're, you know, this is a. I know it's not. This isn't a backbreaking loss if you lose to Winnipeg. You know, it's a not a conference game or something. But you just you got a big week ahead of you. There's three big games. You have a lot of good stuff right now to let. Okay, Colin Miller's with the you know with the team now, and Jack is coming to Pittsburgh, and you know who knows what's up with Heisher. But I think I'm this less is, concerned about getting the win than just seeing the team play the way they can play. Well, they're not favored tonight. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that Winnipeg is the favored team. Uh, so if you guys are interested, you can bet all your NHL action on DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, the Devils are uh, getting one and a half. So they're, the Vegas has no confidence in New Jersey right now. But if you feel different, hey, download the app now and use code THPN, and new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. That's our new November DraftKings script. I was going to say, it's a little different at the end. I noticed that. Yeah, it's a little different. There's something else to haunt her. Right yeah. Well, another thing that's got to be mentioned is that Greg Wyshynski put out a tweet earlier on X about changing the format on three versus three. Okay. Did you guys see that? I no. did not. What's this proposed change? So... It's also mentioned by Greg Wyshynski on uh, the ESPN app. And so I'm going to have to pull that up because... I think you that's, turned your camera off, Joe. That's okay. Almost like, yeah, but if if one of you guys do uh, look that up for me, pull it up. Because uh, uh, it was just freshly off the press. Dan, can you pull that out? Under two hours I'll pull ago. pull it up. What was it on X or just an article? It was on both X and the ESPN app. What's his name? Greg Wyshynski, W-Y-S-H-Y-N. Or I got it. W-Y-S-H. I got it's it. impossible to N-S-K-Y. Spell. <laughs> Nobody knows how to spell Wyshynski. Uh, let's see it if I can find it. should be with an S-Z it. next time. I got, I got his name. Um, He's also a Devils fan, by the way. All right. Go easy on him now. Uh, He's a very credible source. Now, what did he say? He said what now? That there's going to be some sort of new format being improved for 3v3 overtime play. So maybe that's just as simple as going to 10 minutes like we've always called for? uh, You know, here's the thing. They need to make it go as long as they can until they get a registered goal. Instead of having the shootout. Uh, here's the thing. 
the playoffs, you want to be ready for the playoffs? Get rid of the shootout. Train well, your team to think about I agree with that for the goal. If that's the the you know the the logic behind that, they might as well get rid of the three on three. And I think everybody loves the three on three. I I love the three on three. The, yeah, the that's not going to help you with the playoffs. Get rid of the shootout. Right. Yeah. It no, does I got you. nothing. Other than, set, other than set you up for penalty shots. That's it. I yeah. have the article here. And so this is on the ESPN app by Greg Lashinsky. He writes, uh, the NHL is considering rule changes to create more offense and overtime games. At their meeting Tuesday in Toronto, the league's general managers discussed potential tweaks to the three-on-three in overtime. The NHL's current format sees teams tied after regulation play five minutes of three-on-three sudden death. If the score remains tied after that, the game is decided in a shootout. Quote, the purpose of overtime is to end the game before the shootout, and we need to make sure that continues to progress, says Bill Armstrong, the Arizona Coyotes GM. Colin Campbell, the NHL vice president of Hockey Ops, said the league still supports the three-on-three format and hasn't discussed any major overhauls to overtime. Okay, so, quote, we haven't gotten to whether it should be longer or whether we should get rid of the shootout, he said. We don't mind the format. The GMs instead focused on how to create more scoring chances during the three-on-three, which has become more meticulous and less chaotic in its nine years of existence. Their biggest gripe, players possesses the puck for too long outside of the attacking zone. Oh, man, this is yeah. scary. So the they're going to do what? What kind of rule could you let's, do? Let's see. The GMs discussed different concepts for overtime rule tweaks. Much of it focused on players circling back into their own zone with the puck to regroup before re- re- rushing up the ice. It's become a puck possession game now. Winning the opening draw is a big thing. Dallas Stars GM Jim Nill said, quote, coaches are very good and players are good and they're finding different ways to do things. We just want to make sure that excitement's still there. The GM discussed, I, I'm just already getting to the point, like, why do they have to fucking put their dirty little fingers in everything that's exactly. good? Exactly. That's what I'm, I'm getting just aggravated. Just make it 10 to... minutes. Most of those games will be over with. The yeah, like, I could discussed... see them come up with, like, Weirdo rules like don't take the puck in the backwards direction, it's and then they're going to be with some kind of clock. It's going to be reviewable. Says, another uh, annoying. The GMs discussed a variety of concepts to juice that excitement, including restricting a team from skating back into its own zone, oh almost God. creating a half court version of three on three overtime. There also has been talk about putting a timer on players to ensure that they clear the re- defensive zone quickly instead of regrouping there. Unintended consequences are always considered with these things, Campbell said. Quote, we could put a shot clock in there, but we don't want to stop playing for violations. We don't want to have more face-offs. There are GMs who believe allowing players to regroup in their own zone ends up creating better chances than it prevents. Absolutely. You know, how many times have we seen that? And and here's here's the kicker. When it gets down to, like, the final seconds in a 3v3 and the other team knows that they're better at the shootout, and they run the clock out, kind of like a running back in sure. college football goes, right. oh, we're just going to take it, and we're gonna just going to take a possible win if they know that they're tied and go for the extended play. They I won't mean, be able to do that if you take the shootout away. So that's the problem, if you is take, the shootout. If you take the shootout away. Yes, exactly. So the biggest problem with the three-on-three three is the shootout. What do you think right. about it as far as what's slowing down at three-on-three? If you remove is, the shootout completely, who's, you're going to have guys gunning for the shot first before they even think about pass. Who's bitching about Absolutely. the three-on-three? Three? Like, I, I don't know who's bitching I, about I the three-on-three. Three. I don't know. I thought the whole deal was everybody likes the three-on-three. Three. 
Nobody likes to shoot out. I think the answer, what to do, is obvious. Yeah. Don't ruin the three on three as a just fix to it. why you should keep the shootout. Like, yeah. what does that even mean? Yeah, I, and I would. We learn like more rules is more aggravation. And I would bet if you put the three on three to ten minutes max, you would prob. I would say you would end the, the percentage of games that would end would be in the ninety percentile. Yeah. It would Indeed. absolutely. Like, so, okay, what do you do for those 3 or 4% of games that go, well, then if you want to throw a shootout in after 10 minutes, I know it's a lot of hockey, but you figure something else out. You know, you, you fucking go to two-on-two. Two. I don't give a shit. You just don't fuck with the three-on-three. <laughs> three. Other than making it longer, don't mess with it. It's perfect. It really is. And to I like me, two-on-two. Two. Some of bad. the most exciting hockey that you have is three-on-three. Three. And then, yeah, if you don't score for three-on-three three for 10, then you throw it to two-on-two, two and, and, you know, that'll yeah. be over. No and time. maybe even 15 minutes of three-on-three, because two-on-two is ridiculous in a way. But it's it way less ridiculous than a shootout. Even one-on-one is less ridiculous than a shootout. I like the 15, Dan. I like the three-on-three for 15. I think that, like, and I go right back to what Chris said. It's going to be about 90% games ended. I don't think satisfactory and exciting. No players, the the players' union is never going to agree to a 15-minute overtime period, period, regardless of whether or not it's But what if you get rid of the shootout? Because that takes about the same amount of time. I agree with that. But if you're going to say we're going to throw a 15-minute overtime of three-on-three on, on, I think you'll get blowback from the players' union. Like, there's way that's way too much hockey. I think that's probably why the 10-minute is not even being spoken about. I think it's ridiculous, Uh, but – I mean, but uh, maybe I, they could settle on ten and no shootout. That would be equivalent amount of time to what we're and doing. And then now. just do a tie. Yeah. Then, if it, you're well, yeah. if you're still a tie's not the worst. The only thing is, if you know a tie is out there, you could just you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think some version of that makes sense over what we're doing now. I mean, there, there, there are people much regular, smarter than us that can figure that out. What's that, Joe? What, what they should do is for regulation wins, the winning team should get four points if. You go to overtime, you and you win. You should get three points. The losing team should get one point in overtime. So you're saying to make every game a possible four point game, <laughs> you're going to get I would, one. I want to three see that for four. the next season. Is that what you're saying? Because I, that would be a radical change. But I wonder how it would look mathematically. That blow a three get three point lead on the last game of the season. You know, yeah, I don't know though. You only got three possible outcomes, so you really only need three points. Like, right? You're going to get one three points for a win, zero if you lose in regulation, I think you said four points, one for a if win. you yeah. make it to overtime. Yeah, but you don't need four. Is what right. I'm saying. To delineate. Right, and if two, you, two you, points if you uh, win, you know, if you lose in overtime, is that what we're doing? No, one you point. You still get the one point. Okay. So why don't, so this is forcing the the team that's possibly going to lose to try and do better. Right. Okay, so you're saying I gotcha. if it goes to overtime, right off the bat, each player, each team gets a point. Okay, At like it, like they are now, right? So now every player gets a point. And then if whoever wins in the overtime gets two points? Two extra points. But what does the loser the get? It means three points. Is that what you're saying? So the winner in the non-regulation win gets the total of three points. Okay, and then what does the loser get? Just one. Just one. Solamente How's uno. How's that different from now? Because you want to discourage them from going into overtime, and you want to encourage more exciting so hockey. So he's saying, like, you won't play for the tie 50. because 
you have a possible two points that you can get as opposed and if you to win just in regulation one. you can get four right if you win in yeah, regulation four so, is better would yeah. who wants to settle for three or one point mm-hmm. i don't want one point i, I have tried explaining the i i have a, a buddy i work with that does not in any way shape or form follow hockey so in about a, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking a little bit and he asked what the devil's record was. And I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like seven, five and one or whatever it was at the time or seven, three and one. And he's like, well, what's the one? So I'm explaining to him that it's, you know, how it goes. Okay. The points for winning for Basically overtime, overtime loss. <laughs> I, I went on about 10 minutes explaining this to him and he was very confused by it. And he's like, well, what, what? I don't get overtime lost. And what does that mean? So I'm trying to explain all this to him. I think your way, pies. as much as it might make sense, I think would confuse the shit out of people that it's didn't possible. really follow the game. Um, there's just, you know, I think that we just, the NHL has a, a fantastic uh, way of just overcomplicating simple shit. Like, yes. I mean, let, like you said, like, just try it sides. for another offsides is another one try it for another five minutes three on three if it ends that way then each team walks away with a point it's a tie that's it none of you were good enough to score in 10 minutes of three on three you don't deserve another fucking point and joe if we hear this and this rule get changed to what you're saying man we're gonna remember where it came from it's a jersey joel rule it's a jersey joe batman's listening you you know what copyright i've i always (laughs) had a beef with batman i mean there are certain things i do like i just don't like the decentralization of the draft because mm-hmm. it takes away the fun and the nuances for the fans. And, like, one of the things I will say is I like seeing the head scouts and the owners going up there and welcoming up their first-round pick. Right. But I also like seeing the, the GM sitting at that table announcing the name of that player. And you go, this is a special moment if this guy does turn to be a critical factor in this organization. But – when they decentralize, it's like, oh, we're just going to do it over Zoom and stuff like that. It, it takes yeah. away the, the speculation season when you're thinking, what is Fitzgerald going to do? What is- it looks kind of cheap on the NHL's part, too. Like, they don't want to throw a big event with the flying but everybody they did around. They throw a huge event. This year's draft was huge. This year was yeah, but they're talking about right. changing that shit, right? The, but the after 2024... Yeah. That goes out the door. Why? What are they going to do in 2024? In 2025, it's going to be like Zoom call, except for Batman's going to be at the helm, you know. So they're going to do it the way they did it back in the 1960s the COVID, and 70s. The COVID spell, yes. I have not heard anything like that. And that, that to me, makes zero sense. It, that doesn't no, sound does like – Just for the NHL's sake, you know how much money the NHL – brought in uh, having the draft in Nashville, how much money that the, the city of Nashville, Nashville made. I heard this right. Yeah, I heard this right. Yeah, I heard this Yeah, it is bad business. You lose publicity. When you have a big draft, right. you get media coverage, ESPN will pay attention. ESPN will have camera crew there. You're not going to get that time. And that translates to real dollars later on when ESPN don't want to play to put your games up because they don't have as much interest. You know, And, okay. and then you had the, the draft with uh, in Vancouver where the Devils were picking uh, for Simon Nemech. Uh, you had a big draft party in Asbury Park at the Stone Pony, and I was there. And right. that was fun as hell. Yeah, But I, even if it's not the draft lottery, at least have Stanley Cup parties, 
playoff parties. Like, we already know about, like, you know, college football playoffs at bars and stuff like that. There needs to be, like, if the Devils, you know, get to that level again, going back to the playoffs, having a successful season once again, you want to brand each one of your 32 teams to have something special in that region. So people, you know, the casual person goes, this feels great. I would, I want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I put see a show people, on, put the show on. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at Vegas, yeah. And what, you know, the New Jersey Devils need to do is once they break off from MSG network is, yep, that is a big not thing. only televised games in English, you're going <laughs> to think I'm nuts. There's already Spanish speakers in this in this state of New Chinese. Jersey, but you also got Portuguese, uh, mm-hmm. Brazil, in the state of New Jersey. So you need to broaden the horizon of other viewers who uh, assimilate to living in New Jersey and New Jersey life as well, and even outside of the state. This is it's not it's not what you guys said it is. I'm sorry, I just read it. They're not, they're not doing that. They're not doing it where it's just Gary Bettman sitting there. Is it, they're, what they're doing is how the NFL and the NBA does it. So First there's round, going to be – No. There's going to be an actual – instead of you sitting at your table and getting up and then going and making your pick, their whole thing is they feel that with the table so close together and people um, – you know, all the all, people can eavesdrop or whatever, all the teams will have their own like a war room and you put your draft in – all the prospects are there. All the teams are there. It's not like just through Skype. It's how they do it in the NHL and NFL. You put your draft in. The commissioner, Bettman, or, you know, Roger Goodell gets the, the pick. Nobody else knows what you picked. And it's just your team in your war room putting your pick in. And then he comes wow. out, says what the pick is, players there, all that stuff. So see, it's, this is better than what I thought. Yeah, it's not It's because, not like just everyone staying home and sending their draft picks in and then him just reading, oh, the Devils drafted 25th overall, blah, 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 from wherever. And then it goes on to the next one. It's not going to be like that. So once the new NHL draft format is put into place, it'll be conducted in a manner similar to that of the NBA draft and the NFL draft. Teams will send in their picks via war rooms, and the prospects will attend the physical draft alongside NHL commissioner Gary Bettman. Bettman will then announce the selection, and so the teams won't be there. Like the GMs, like in the NFL, the teams aren't there. The agents are there. The prospects are there. Scouts Mm. and stuff are there. But the team puts their pick in. From where they are. That's why you always see, you know, whoever your NFL team is, they get drafted. What's the first thing that happens? They get a phone call from the GM or the head coach and this and that. So they're not there with them. But so in that aspect, the draft will remain the same as far as, like Dan said, the visual aspect of it, marketing of it, and all that will remain the same. They just feel like people are walking by and stealing what you think. Uh, oh, shit, Tony's going to pick blah, blah, blah. We better pick them first. Uh, right. So this way it'll just – so by decentralizing the teams, GMs, coaches won't be there, agents, prospects, family, all that shit. Well, what happened was there was an article that Rachel Dory commented on saying they should abolish the draft. And then that article was reading they should completely change and you know make it go back to what it was like during COVID. That was my biggest fear that I – right. I brought up earlier that I don't want ever. No, that would be happen. awful. That would That'd be, be awful. terrible. Completely on the agree NHL with you. Part. Yeah, you got to get the players out and see them there, and that's the whole moment. Is the, that young person putting the jersey on? That's important. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will tell you from you know 
being a video scout, I like having the privacy being on my computer and I don't want to have to like answer in person because at least I can be like, I have a good feeling about this player and I know someone's not snooping on my, on my draft board. Like you can create a Google sheets list of players and be like, I feel comfortable about this guy versus that guy in my ranking. And if this guy's not available, at least I know that I can, I can Gmail this to the higher up and say, look, this is who I have. If you want to go with this guy, pick him. Right. Uh, yeah. It's or, a hectic thing. It's a hectic. You know what else is hectic? Joe? What else is hectic, Dan? The holidays. Oh, the holidays are hectic. I was at, I was trying to, you know, go to the mall real quick. I forgot it's the holiday season. It took me 20 minutes to get out of the parking lot in the mall. <laughs> I was in the wrong car, but that's not the point here. The point is the, he- the holidays are hectic, and we need something to make this a little better. Uh, I am really concerned about the state of our country if Black Friday hits and everybody's waiting for those doorbuster sales. And they, they, well, what else they could you do, riot. Dan? What else is well, out there? Luckily, the good people at Raycon have a, a brand-new prom- promotion. How would you like to get Black Friday deals before Black Friday? I would love mm-hmm. to. Without yeah, beating people up? can. How about a nice yeah, filter? absolutely. Look, Tony, you can beat up <laughs> whoever you want, wherever you can beat up. But you don't have to just to get a great product. Damn. Now, you've heard me talk about the Raycon Everyday Earbuds before. Several times, actually. They boast 32-hour battery life, and they have a perfect in-ear fit. It's going to fit really good. So, you know, <laughs> you should try these out. Uh, how are you going to get them? Do you have to wait for Black Friday? No. Right now. If you go uh, to Raycon.com, you can get everybody right now can get at least 20% off every single thing on their site. Select items up to 50% off. Uh, That's a lot of percent. Now, uh, now look, Raycon, you're going to go and you're going to get the everyday earbuds. Everybody knows them. Those are their number one product. But maybe you need uh, something that charges your devices at a ridiculously high rate, up to eight times faster with 100 watts of power. Whether you got something that's Type C, micro USB, that's Bobby. One iOS or uh, this is they call this the Magic 180 cable, and that uh, Magic 180 cable is available at Raycon.com. So that's cool. You bet you didn't expect that, but it's electronics at least. Are they done? No. How about a water filter? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> you know they said everybody likes to listen to music, and what else do people need? Somebody at the meeting raised their hand, and said water. And they said, yes, you're right. Everybody does need water. That's a biological fact. And, and mine the water tastes like good. shit coming out of my faucet. That's right. <laughs> well, that's no good. So guess what? Raycon's going to filter out. They say here chlorine and heavy metals, and I assume shit too. Uh, the faucet <laughs> filter is an ultra filter. It's going to make that tap water you use to brush your teeth and to shower with and whatever else you do with your water to make sure it's actually clean. Uh, so Raycon's known for delivering these high-quality products. You can go right now. To Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Thank you, Raycon. Uh, There you go. One second, my Raycons are not working. (laughs) I will tell tell you, Dan and Chris, if you ever lived in South Orange, New Jersey, or anywhere in North Jersey, in Essex County area, there is heavy metals in your water, so it's going to yep. make you want to take a shower longer. Yeah, this is why Raycon needs to come up with more stuff to, 
filter they, it out. They need to advertise more in the North, North Jersey section because apparently they need it. But so oh. listen, before we wrap it up, I'm curious, guys. Uh, we'll start with uh, Tony. Dan, I'll go, and we'll finish it up with you, Joe, since you're our guest. Um, what do you want to see tonight? What do you expect to see tonight against Winnipeg Tone? I, I don't feel good about this game. I don't know why. Because um, you're na- negative Nancy. Negative Nancy, yeah. Oh, worry wart. No worry wart. You are. Yeah. Yes, uh, you, you are. Know, I'm hoping we can pull out of the pull out of the shit slump we've been into and just, uh, you know, hopefully see a better defensive performance. Um. I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna. I don't think we're gonna. I think we're gonna lose tonight, three to two. Okay. Okay. All right. What about you, there, Dan? I think um, these defensive pairing it, pairings will be mixed up for the better, and it's gonna, you know, spark some better defense. I see a close game. I see us winning three to two. So I'll just take Tony's thing and go. just put a little bit of a positive spin. I think the scoring is that would be a great thing for me. And even if we did lose, like Tony says, three to two. I, I would like us to keep the goals down. I would yeah. like us not to just let another team score at will. So that would be Hopefully a win either way, but I'm, I'm being positive here. Right. What I think is... Oh, those poor doomed bastards. I just... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. Those poor doomed <laughs> bastards. No, I think they're going to come out with a lot of fire tonight. I think that they've heard all the noise, and I think the guys in this lineup are way too proud to... Uh, go out there and drop a third in a row in spectacularly horrible fashion like they've been doing. So I am expecting a better game. Um, I hope that Miller's in the lineup. I'm real curious to see how Holtz does on that second line. Hopefully he's up there for longer than two shifts. So, uh, you know, let's – I'm more than anything, like you said, Dan, like uh, the score, yes, of course I want them to win. But even a loss or, you know, an overtime loss or something, as long as you played hard – and you look like a different team because I don't recognize this team the last three games. So that's where I'm at. But if I have to pick a score, I'm going to say it's going to be tight. 3-1 Devils win tonight. Okay. Nice. All right, Joe, what do you got? I got 4-2. I mean, Schmido the Torpedo. I mean, he's pretty Is that common. what we're cool. calling him now? Schmiedel I mean, the, tor- Schmiedel the Torpedo. I've heard that one. He called the playoffs. But to me, he's the Swiss guard when he's on. And but, he Swiss cheese when he's not. You don't uh, want to yeah. be Swiss cheese. <laughs> but honestly, like, I like the, the pairings in the practice, but for the love of me, I do not want to see Brandon Smith for another couple of weeks. Or Evan. Okay. All right. For the love of God, get Nikita Zadorov ASAP from Calgary. He's got nothing else to lose and everything to gain. Tom Fitzgerald. He's not going to play that tonight. Phone line. Now, has he said that he wants to play here? He approves a trade here. He's, yes. appro- he's approved a trade. The, my thing is this. Sign and trade. It's the best thing that the NHL can do. But mm-hmm. why would you want to sign and trade for him? Like, I don't know if I want because this guy long term. His, his contract for the $3.75 million deal is up at the end of the year. Right. But, I mean, I don't want to sign somebody. Like, I mean, I'm, I was okay with them not even signing to Foley yet just because I want to see how these these guys work out. So, I, I yeah. would – look, if they did it – I mean, I trust – we've said it on this show a million times in Fitzgerald. We trust whatever he does and, I believe will be best for this team. So, until he proves otherwise, I am going to go with that. But I see what you're saying. I mean, it, right. look, anything – 
anything they can do to, to make this team better. I, I just want to see it. Um, and, you know, hopefully tonight it'll start. So, Joe, anything you want to plug before we wrap it up tonight? Uh, so, for those you don't know, I write or contribute for Pucks and Pitchforks on the fan side and, you know, end of things. I also have my podcast, Heads Up Hockey, on uh, Spotify, all the other places. My my podcast name is Jersey Joe, so that's what I go by. And look for some stuff by Draft Prospects Hockey. So I have a few things with them that will be written in scouting reports on certain players for the 2024 draft. So my first name is Joe. My last name is Stanislaw, S-T-A-N-I-S-L-A-U. And I reside down by Asbury Park, New Jersey. So for those of you who don't know, there are a bunch of built families with their Eastern Hockey League kids that uh, reside in the area and play for the NJ87s. I just haven't bumped a lot of prospects. Nice. Nice. So, guys, thank you, Joe, for coming on. And make sure you guys check out stuff. So, again, Joe, appreciate the hell out of you, man. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. We are the Uncle Puckers for Chris, Tony, and Dan and Jersey Joe today. And Bobby will be back sometime this week. Wherever you guys check us out, um, a positive review, five-star rating, subscription, a like. It goes a long way to help us. uh, promote the podcast and uh, definitely check out tons of other devil content out there. Check out Jersey Joe, check out our boy Bill over on the trap podcast. It's all good stuff. And um, that's about it. So for the puckers, we'll see you when we see you. Puckers out. Thank you guys. Oh, thank you, Joe. I'm glad I could shine a light on uh, a couple other spots. Great. It's over, Johnny. It's over. All right.